We can, we need like a team name. Yeah. Like the Parlay Predators or. <laughs> <laughs> that seems creepy. <laughs> oh, I was th- that is I creepy. Could, I, <laughs> I just did a double take on that. No, <laughs> scratch that team name. Oh my god, could you cut that? <laughs> I love the spiders, but I think about, I overuse that team name. How about, how about the gem junkies? Oh, I yeah. guess so. The gem junkies. <laughs> True. I mean, that's I guess. I guess yeah, we I already mean. do have a team name. Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And we're back. Finally. Yes. After our summer break, could you call it that? Sure, why not? I mean, it, we were working, yeah. so it wasn't really a break. We just got done with a lot of trade shows, and yeah. we still have a lot more to go. Yeah, we just did two, and we have three to go. We're doing it. We're living the dream, man. <laughs> Jonathan just got back from Schaumburg. Schaumburg, Illinois. Yeah, that's by Chicago. I did not know where that was. And then we were in Pittsburgh before that for the IJO show, so yeah. we had a great time. Yeah. But today... We have a special guest for you, Paul. <laughs> wow, that was the best intro I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your name, I guess, precedes you that everyone knows who you are. So we talk about Paul, though. We have podcast. So, but what Paul? What Paul? Paul still has no face. Yeah. Though. He is just so Paul. we. So today we have Paul Hartman, who is our production manager. Yep, takes care of the whole back end of the office. Is that what you would call it? The yeah, backside? I'm, I'm the backside <laughs> manager for the sure. The rump manager. <laughs> and so uh, we've uh, we've decided that there's only so many gemstones in the world that we can talk about. And at some point, we're going to have to talk about more than just gemstones. So we thought it would be kind of fun to talk about uh, people. people that uh, make up our team and make the organization what it is today. And also who have great insight um, and come from a different direction than the rest of us. So we thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of uh, go through some of our employees. And we wanted to start with Paul. F- Hi, Paul. Hi. Welcome to me, <laughs> the back-end manager. The back-end manager. <laughs> that is the title. <laughs> the back-end manager. All right. So, Paul, how long have you worked for Parlay? I don't even know this number. Uh, I've been with Parlay for 21 years. 21 years? That's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm trying to do math here, but that was sometime in the 90s. Yeah. Was yeah. Your, did you have like a nose ring, like trail? No, I was pretty plain Jane. You didn't have purple hair or anything crazy No purple crazy hair, like that. no. Maybe minor facial hair at that uh-huh. point. Puberty had just come in. So. <laughs> but no, no piercings, no tattoos at that point. So it's Paul's birthday today. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to say how old he is. I mean, you're not that old, really. No, Can I um, say it? Yeah, say okay. it. Uh, He's 45, guys. Yeah, 45. Happy, happy birthday, Paul. Thank you very much. So you started working for us when you were 24. Yes. I did that quick math. <laughs> My public math is good. My public math skills are improving. <laughs> so did you come straight out of college? Did you... Yeah, I actually yeah? came straight out of college. Um, when I graduated Idaho State University... Go Bengals. Go Bengals with a bachelor's degree in geology. I needed a job. Yeah. And I wasn't really excited about going out into the oil fields and the gas industry and working on a drill rig. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be going through the wanted ads and mm-hmm. I saw this job at Idaho Opal for a lapidary specialist, if you will. What did we mean by that? Um, somebody who would come <laughs> in and, you know, 
cut cabochons and okay. opal and stuff was kind of kind of the gig at that point. And so I applied, and they interviewed me, and to my chagrin, they actually and you know offered me a job. Like so, I said, you're quite personable. <laughs> <laughs> so I started in February, and I actually didn't go straight into cutting gemstones. I went back into the metals department and started in casting. So at the time, I was learning how to cast metals. So we played the whole switcheroo on you. <laughs> yeah, but it was fine. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind at all. It was actually very interesting from the day I stepped through the door. Um, learning how to shoot the waxes, clean them all up, and then eventually cutting molds and you know just getting the whole process down. And then it was right after we moved into our new location that the gentleman that was uh, running that department decided to go and do some other things for his life. And they offered me that position, which was overwhelming at the time, but I took on the challenge and it became uh, my baby. And I mm-hmm. ran that department for, I want to think it was five to six years. The casting department. Casting department. Casting yeah. department. So, you know, and I learned how to do some specialized mold cutting and we kind of changed and, and improved some of the techniques and some of the procedures so that we could meet the progressive change in the company that was going on at the mm-hmm. time. So casting is pretty technical. I didn't understand the science that goes behind casting metals and the different alloys and the different temperatures and how long you vacuum something into something <laughs> else. <laughs> Sounds like a whole episode. It is a whole episode. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it. She's getting really technical. Yes. So, well, see that. Maybe I'd, I need to sit in on an episode. Of <laughs> but, but it is a pretty technical, and it takes a long time to kind of develop a formula, mm. depending on what you're using. Uh, and it's secret. What? Yeah, it's, we, we like to say proprietary. We have secrets. And all that Proprietary, yeah. not proprietary. secret. It's not secret. It's well, proprietary. Well, proprietary kind of means secret. It kind does, of. but it sounds yeah. a lot more fancy. <laughs> well, you figure you have all that time and effort invested into a particular procedure. You want to keep that to yourself. It's yeah. not that you're trying to not help someone. If somebody yeah. asks, it's more likely to be involved in their overall procedure through a process mm-hmm. versus the actual, this metal temperature, this flask temperature. Um, one of the biggest things that I have taken and trying to instill is cleanliness. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in the investment room and you bring some of that investment back into your casting room and that gets in the metal, that's just going to cause issues in your castings on all the way down the line. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just being cleanliness, a clean yeah. person. Yeah. And I also think proprietary is better than secret because it's not that we're trying to keep it a secret, but it's proprietary in the fact that everyone's setup is different. Mm. So just because whatever we do won't necessarily work for someone else unless they had the exact same setup we do and they were ex- wanting in the exact like same. like 6,000 feet above sea level. Yeah. Does that affect casting? Oh, yeah. That yeah. and humidity is the biggest oh, uh, yeah. issue. You know, back so casting so in the humidity. desert is nice. Yeah. So, I, so I think the, the proprietary makes more sense than secret because it's not that we're trying to keep it away. It's just. <laughs> All right. Fine, you guys. It's proprietary. <laughs> Jonathan, why? Excuse me. You win that one, honey. I win one. (laughs) And wait for another 10 years of marriage. I know. My brother said, you need to be nicer to Jonathan on the podcast. And I said, well, it's our shtick, man. It's like... like, (laughs) I do, right? (laughs) That's what I do. Okay, so casting. Did you ever get to learn how to cut gemstones? I actually got 
a basic introduction on how to cab and to do that. I can still cut stones and clean them up. I wouldn't even come close to saying I'm an expert at that at mm-hmm. all, especially after 20 years of not doing it. Yeah. So I have a great staff that I rely on and they're, you know, they're highly skilled. There's yeah. no, there's no need for me to go mucking around where I'm not going to be a benefit. Yep. True. Okay. So from casting where? Uh, the next step was into the stone department. Um, so I had my geology degree and I had fun in the casting department, but I wanted to do more. I wanted mm-hmm. to get back to the roots of my geology. And so I was given the opportunity to become a GG. So I did the distance education course and that was lovely at the time. Uh, you know, I would have three kids, young kids at the time, and I would come to work and then I would go home and I would study uh-huh. and get the book work out of the way. And then I would come or stay late and do the you know, on hand stone stuff. So there was a lot going on in my life that time. I will not. I, I mean, Jonathan and I were fortunate enough to be able to do our GGs on campus and fully invest ourselves in that. Doing it correspondence is insane. Yeah. Like, it would be interesting. Would be I'm difficult. sure GIA probably wouldn't give us these statistics, but it would be interesting to know how many people have passed their GG on, the on first, campus. On campus. And how many people have passed correspondence and then what the pass rate is and also what the pass rate is on the first, second, because on, third on try. On campus, you're exposed to so much more. Mm-hmm. We go through gemstone after gemstone constantly, constantly. And at home, they send you 10 stones a week or something yeah. like that. Well, we have an individual right now who's going through the program yeah. and I've looked at how GIA is doing it now and it is significantly better than when I went through. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's and good. Yeah, that's They're good improving. to know that. They, yeah, that yeah. I was I was impressed. I was like, well, that makes sense. This is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I He's from the School of Hard Knocks. He had to learn it the yeah. hard way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were the learning curve. Yeah, well, I'm thick-headed, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stone Department is... a I mean, our stone department is pretty involved. Substantial, yeah. yeah. But like your organization skills and your cleanliness skills in casting, <laughs> you then transfer that to our stone department, which if I need to look for a two millimeter round yellow sapphire, I know exactly where to go. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's something that even now we're still working through some of the hiccups from previous from people before is that every time that I go into the vault, I try to, I don't know if this drives you nuts or you appreciate it, but every time <laughs> I go back there, I always look to see if anything is out of place or should be switched or, cause I feel like that's just us getting better and cleaning up the, or cleaning up the, and making, being more organized. No, and it's a hundred percent that way because you figure we have 40, 42 years of inventory. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff in those vaults. Different directions (laughs) that the company's gone. And so, you know, it all comes back. We have loose stones that get broke in setting or something happens to them. They have to go out and get recovery polished. Well, that comes back in and it may not fit into the inventory the same way because it loses saturation uh, whatever. So then we have to figure out what to do with it. And so, no, I, I actually appreciate it because you have different eyes and everybody sees things a little differently and you know what's going to sell. Well, it's nice for me for my job because I go back there and I pull, I think, every drawer out of the vault <laughs> and try and try to match colors. But it's if I had to dig 
for things, it would be a lot more painful than it already is. And it does make it easier to <laughs> and it does make it easier to clean up after you. Yeah, it does. The next time you're like its place. the next time you're amid one of your designing sessions, we should take a picture just to show people how the mess that I create in well, the but, stone but, department. But that's but I think that's <laughs> when you're got your creative juices flowing, if it isn't organized and you don't have a lot out and you oh, don't have a lot it going would on, it would nuts. it would be really hard. Yeah. But I guess ultimately we'd say that the back end manager has a lot of junk in his trunk. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And so from Stones, did you then, we said you're taking things over? How did that go? That's a convoluted story. So, remember how the beginning I said I didn't really want to go work on an oil rig and do all that? Well, there was this part of my life where I was like, hmm, maybe I'm missing out on something that I I should have done. Maybe I want to work on an oil rig. Yeah, so then I... Did you? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I left, Uh and I went to work for Halliburton for, Uh I think, about three weeks. Uh-huh. Um, in that time, I was supposed to come in and to Grand Junction, Colorado, mm-hmm. and I was going to go through the whole safety program and, you know, just new employee kind of stuff. Well, the day before I was to leave, they called me up and said, oh, we're not going to send you to Grand Junction. We're going to send you to Farmington, New Mexico, which is not the best place in the world. Yeah, to go. I've been to Grand Junction. Grand Junction's okay. Yeah, I yeah. was excited for that. Yeah. So I ended up in Farmington, New Mexico with a ragtag crew training yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And on about the fifth day, they had me out in the yard helping set up equipment. And there was a big power cable to this rig that we were working on. And I picked it up. I said, pick that up and put it over there. Well, I didn't realize it was a live wire with oh. over 650 volts or some ridiculous number. And then they went into a screaming fit about how I could have been killed. And I was like, you know what? I really had a good job. <laughs> I, I, really, I wasn't faced yeah, with life and death yeah, on a I day. Like, <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being trained by people. I don't really trust what they're doing. Yeah. Here. So I picked up the phone and I called Frank and he was like, yeah, we'd love to have you back. Yeah. So I came back and I actually worked in sales for a little bit. What? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You didn't what? know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. With wow. focus on That's Liz why you're Jones. so good at the Tucson show. Yeah. I just thought it was your magnetic natural ability. <laughs> Which that's probably why we put him in there in the yeah. first place was his natural yeah. ability, but his yeah. Charisma. His charisma. Yeah. Guys, stop. I'm 45. <laughs> <laughs> this is my birthday gift to you. <laughs> Yeah, so I did that for, I think, about a year, maybe a year and a half. Went to a lot of the trade shows, and that was fun. I love trade shows. Sir. You get to meet interesting people, which mm-hmm. is always the highlight of my life. I get to watch people. So. Tucson's the best for that. It is. Yeah. yeah. So um, then I came back. Um, we had a changeover with the current uh, production manager, and they thought I might be a good fit. To, so I had a good relationship with the front office. I had a good relationship with the back end. You're clean. You're organized. So You're a um, geologist and a gemologist. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So I took that over, and it's been a work in progress ever since. Yeah. Yeah. So what about your geology background helps you with gemology? 
Uh, first and foremost, I'd say it would be my passion, mm-hmm. my passion for minerals and how that translates into the gemstones, but also in the formation side, mm-hmm. I kind of geek out of, you know, well, where does this gem from stone come from? And how's it, formed? how's it formed? And, you know, that all originates more so from my childhood because my stepdad's aunt mm-hmm. was a geology professor at Idaho State University. Okay. Wow. So... He was big into going and uh, visiting old mining sites in central Idaho. Uh, So we'd go up there to the old silver mines and we'd look in. We'd go into some of them if we could. And so minerals has been something that's my passion from eight years old. Yeah. Right. I have a rock collection on my desk. Yeah. Paul's part of the uh, Tucson Souvenir Club. Yes. He always gets one every year. Just like me. (laughs) Pick them out. Rocks are cool. Rocks are cool. Rocks are cool. No dinosaur eggs, so darn. No. So was that is that your earliest experience with with gemstones and stuff? Was with your aunt and uncle on that, or would you? Where do you? Where did your passion and your your interest come into geology and ultimately gemology? Did you find anything? No. So probably the coolest thing I did as a kid would be we would go out onto the Snake River Plain here uh, by American Falls and mm-hmm. you know north of Pocatello and we would go through the lava tubes. So my stepdad and I, he was a plane uh, pilot, mm-hmm. we would get on the plane and we would fly over the desert and we'd look for depressions or something in the topography. Um, it sounds we... like you had an amazing childhood. Yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> that was, yeah, cool. was pretty lucky. <laughs> All right. Anyway, going on. So we would we would just mark things on a map, and then that weekend we'd go out and check it out. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes we'd go down into a cave, and I found a old tin with a note in it from like 1912 of somebody that was in there. You know, like a yeah. time capsule, if you will. And um, the first gemstone, if you will, that I ever found was probably not until college. When we went to a Zir- Zircon Mountain, or no, Topaz Mountain, Topaz in Mountain Utah? down in Utah, yeah, for a field trip, and I found myself a little tiny topaz, and I was like, "Oh, that's cute, that's cool." Yeah, and so you and know, so from there, minerals are well. I think I think down at heart, down deep in everybody's heart, we're all treasure hunters. Yeah, right. There's that kind of yeah. It's of the like, treasure hunt. What What's next? What What are we gonna find? What amazing? And whether that treasure hunt comes, you know, a hundred feet underground, or the treasure hunt comes at the next booth at a trade show, yeah. or the next item find? that comes through the store, or the next uh, the next customer that walks through the door that you get they get to show off their favorite piece. Yeah, I feel like there is the treasure hunt. The whole in that whole the whole in the whole industry. Yeah, and Paul. We work super close with Paul, especially buying. So we buy with Paul a lot, and I've found I enjoy buying in a group of three versus just on my own or just with Jonathan. Yeah. Because it can... Because we need a mediator. Well, (laughs) right. So Jonathan's super optimistic, and I'm... More pessimistic, or I guess it depends on the gemstone. Yeah, I mean, I think there's times that either one of us could be either one of and those. And Paul is like the focal point. He's like the balance. Which way is he going to tip the No, 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 but I think you look at it from a design aspect. Yeah. I look at it from a sales aspect, and he looks at it more from a little bit of both, mm-hmm. plus a quality aspect from not just is it good quality, but is there also any problems from a production standpoint? Like setting the stone. So setting I'll be, the stone, I'll be super durability. Right. 
I'll be super hyped on something and I'll just, oh my gosh, we're going to make amazing earrings. And he goes, oh no, there's an inclusion right on the facet junction. When we go to set that stone, it's going to break. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can be a Debbie Downer for sure. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's good because no. then we would have invested the money in something, Into something that, that quite could have been break during manufacturing. Right. Right. So I think the, the, the three works really well. And sometimes we've done it with a fourth or a fifth person. And then that gets to be buying by committee, which then is just no bueno. So oh, it just can get, it just can get a little bit more, it can get a little bit more difficult. So I think yeah. three is a really good two to four works, but I would say three is the magic number. Yeah. I see some people rolling around with like five people all buying and picking out things they like. Oh, I've done appointments with seven and eight. That's yeah, a lot of But usually of you opinions. only have one to three people with any sort of input and yeah. the rest are just standing around. Yeah. yeah. So that's just wasting time. So take us through a day in the life of Paul. Paul is a farmer. Well, you're not a farmer. You're a rancher, right? On the side, you got this side gig taking care of cows yeah. you always come and you're like oh we just had another baby cow born and i had to pull it out <laughs> yeah Sorry. So, so i thought no. it was more bailing hay was more what he talks <laughs> yeah. about than, i don't know maybe i'm always traumatized calving, by the cow because calving, cal- calving's once a year yeah <laughs> not last year last year you had yeah. all those rando babies yeah, in the we middle don't of winter get into the yeah. dynamics of my uncle and his breeding pattern well not my actual uncle's breeding patterns but the, his the, so do you have to take care of the cows in the morning? You go out and feed the cows? No, we feed once a day and we have we do that in the At evenings. Night. So right now, currently, we go home and we'll feed the cows and then we have about an hour, hour and a half of moving irrigation pipe. You always have to move every day? Uh, for three months till hay season's over. Wow. Yeah. That That's a lot of physical exertion. Yeah. Yeah. Farm life. Farm life. Like it. Green Acres. Green Acres. It is like Green Acres. <laughs> if I can get Kim. have that little lady. <laughs> oh, if I can get Kim on the tractor, for sure. Kim's like, though, throwing herself into this, like, yeah, like, yeah, like full blown. Like, because yeah. loves- you kind of grew up this way, right? You yeah. grew up a little bit on the farm helping out. I, I actually grew up on the farm. All the summers I would be with my grandparents and I would be hauling hay and doing the whole night. So, okay. So then, so Kim jumped into this very late in life. She yeah, did. Kim's your wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They're married. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and Kim also works for us. So <laughs> she may make an appearance on the podcast one day, too. Who knows? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So the farming is really the, is kind of interesting. So you, you grow. Grow hay. Yep. And then you... We raise black You feed Angus. it to the cows. Yep. Yeah. And then you... Is that enough hay for... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, so we have around... We don't, I mean, we have a 50-acre farm. We're not uh-huh. talking like this isn't a huge no, operation. This is, this is a hobby farm is how I would term it. Yeah. Um, my grandparents used to have a dairy and then transitioned into beef cow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now my uncle and myself run it as a partnership and uh, we have... 32 cows and we're about to have a bunch of calves coming up in september yeah um so get ready yeah get ready get her done get her done so we uh yeah that was real redneck (laughs) big like i'm imagining paul in like these gloves that go up to i'm not we're not we don't ai yeah you don't do that you just let it go yeah my grandfather used to do that he was very We're good going down a hole here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you brought up the back end, so we might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, you have a long day then, because yeah. you're one of the first employees in the building every I'm morning. I'm here six thirty in the morning every day, and I open you the leave 
at 3.30 if you're lucky. 3.30, 4, 5, yeah. just depends on what's going on and what needs to be done. And so the first thing you do when you come into our office? First thing I do in the morning is I turn on all the lights. <laughs> Open good. all the doors. Yeah. Uh, I'll go into uh, the big vault, get all the setting card out and that. And I've been going around and turning all the equipment on and get everything ready to go so that when the staff gets here, they can just sit down at their desk. And, and they come up. about 7. They come in at 7. Yeah. 7 o'clock, 7, you know, oh five. Mm-hmm. They roll in. We're not um, going to dock them on five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Get it. You know. They do good work. They do. We don't sweat the small stuff. We don't. No. Not here. So um, I'll, I'll line out particular jobs for particular staff that I know best suits their skill set. Or if I have somebody that I want to push a little bit, I'll give them something that's a little outside their box to see what happens. Uh, we don't grow if we don't push ourselves. Right. And a lot of times people will get comfortable with what they know they can do. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves more work for somebody else who has a wider range of skill sets. So I'll do that. And then... Uh, I'll just, I have usually a plan of what's going to happen. Yeah, today I just, have to do this. Yeah. And then it gets thrown out the window. It could. When the sales team comes yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> I, was <gonna> say <laughs> I said it. <laughs> oh, but I mean, that's, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. Over the years, you know, I think at the beginning, most people will get a little uptight because they have their plan. They realize yeah. this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But. You just got to roll with you the day. You just got to roll with the punches because at the end of the day, the only person that's going to get affected by it is you. Yeah. You know, so you so what's, well. what is the most rewarding part of your job? Mm. So I would say being part of a team of individuals that put out what I feel is, and this isn't my phrase, this actually comes from Frank, entertainment for a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. So when we make a piece of jewelry specifically if I make it for my wife I have a lot of pride in the fact that it's made here in Idaho yeah and that that's going to go to my wife and to our kids mm-hmm. and to our grandkids it gets mm-hmm. passed down for generations that to me is the core of what we do here and why we do it for yeah me. are you gonna cry yeah I get emotional no we love it I cry a lot <laughs> so my, my wife will tell you it's <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we make we make people happy product. yeah yeah like when you were talking about you know you think at christmas time what we've made for people and how that impacts them i do too yeah yeah it makes it it makes it gives us a purpose and and we get to somehow be involved in every in memories mm-hmm. in people's memories and and what they remember most about their grandma or their mom or their aunt or their dad that that makes what we do worthwhile that makes the treasure hunt in Tucson that much more important because we're invested in every single piece that we make because we know it's going to live on and tell that story yeah yeah and i i get a i get a kick out of buying gemstones yeah that's fun like when we buy a fire up and I have to speak Spanish. That is fun. fun. Yeah. We just like, what did he say, Paul? I mean, I took like two years of Spanish, but I can, I mean, I can say how much. I don't even, I won't, I'm not even going to try to say how much on the podcast. <laughs> so but so your public math is better than your public Spanish? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it, but it is. And, and the fact that we get to build those relationships with those vendors because we can't communicate with them on, you know, on their yeah. level and their language is. It shows a little bit, I think, uh, respect to them. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what is your favorite gemstone? <sighs> That's a tough one. See, I can't I can't lay mine down either. I think I think the one that comes to mind the most is a Podparaja sapphire. Yeah, well, that's what Kim has. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I, I, know. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> that is his wife's um, engagement ring. Wedding ring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love the peach color. Just some and the rarity of it. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I just love that that stone. Uh, the next one is going to be opal. Yeah, we're kind of opal freaks here. Yeah. And the geology of opal formation is kind of cool. Um, you know, takes a lot of time and percolation. First off, we want to thank you, Paul, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Are you going to go move irrigation tubes now? And, yeah, and on feed my birthday, those? we're going to feed some cows feed and move some, some cows. irrigation pipes. Yep. Yeah, yep. you also have a little orchard, too, apples, yeah. but those aren't ready yet. Nope, not until well, October. Not until October. Anyway, we want to thank you so much for taking the time and spending with us and, and learning a little bit more about you. And we'd like to continue this in... To a segment of production with Paul. Production with Paul. Production with Paul. The Paul cast. The Paul cast. And so we're thinking, you know, if you guys have any questions on production, uh, we thought maybe the art of lost wax casting is... Yeah, just whatever questions yeah. some people might have that's not proprietary. That's not proprietary. <laughs> hashtag secret. Not secret. Not proprietary. secret. But just anything that you guys might wonder about production in a in a jewelry design house so there you go we want to thank you for tuning in and we'll be back shortly with a new podcast and if you want to see what we do in our real life you can follow us daily on instagram or facebook at parley gems thanks for tuning in guys bye-bye bye